This episode of Tailgate Talks is brought to you by Blanca. Tune in live to interact with the hosts on Wednesday nights, 6.30 central, at www.twitch.tv backslash BlancaOG. Hope you enjoy the show. here we are episode 39 of tailgate talks a weekly sports podcast for you guys we have dustin and brooks here but the side main news that we have for y'all today since the sports world is kind of boring and dustin's on a little trip to chicago right now is we have jillian here with us there she goes she's yeah we got a guess we got a guess we got a tailgate crash or crash in the show which she actually did too we didn't, we didn't know about this until I think yesterday. And we're like, let's go. Fuck yes. Uh, all right. So excited to have you here. Awesome. Always, always uh, welcome the contributions. Uh, she's sporting the tailgate crashers shirt. If y'all, if y'all are watching the video. So um, as always, guys, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. It is on iTunes and Spotify. If it is on iTunes, make sure you rate review. Give us the five star. If it is on Spotify, make sure, uh, make sure you do that little, uh, little follow button. And just uh, kind of give us a quick follow on Spotify as well. Uh, as far as our social media accounts, um, on, on Twitter, you can find us at tailgate underscore talks. We're also on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As far as the YouTube channel goes, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Make sure you hit the bell. That way you're notified every time we post a new video. We got about three every single week that we put out. Uh, as far as our personal accounts, Dustin, you can find him at DustinWimmer22. <laughs> every time. Uh <laughs> Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett. Me, you can find me at Blanca, where the L is one. You know, Jillian, do you, do you want to plug your 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 Twitter? Uh, my Twitter is J4Mans. There you go. All right. That way, that way, people know. That way, you are held accountable for all the stuff that comes out of your mouth. You're you're not left out. All right. Got it. Got it. <laughs> so, uh, any questions or anything, any sort of uh, thoughts or anything like that that you have for us for the show or anything like that, anything like that. We do have an email. It's tailgatetalkspod at gmail.com. So if you have any sort of uh, thoughts, questions, or any sort of opportunities for us, we're obviously always open to that. Um, so let's go ahead and jump into the show. We're going to kick it off with some Club Red news. We got uh, we got some good stuff with the NIL rules. We got, uh, we got a good, fantastic uh, basketball player coming back. And obviously, we're going to be continuing our Texas Tech football series. And then after that, we obviously have... Plenty to talk about with the NBA and MLB. So this is Tailgate Talks Club Red. (laughs) So uh, for those that don't already know about it, basically what's happening with the uh, NCAA, and I think this is this is basketball or this is this is across the board, right? Right, right. So, um, across the board is a new NIL ruling, which uh, is going into effect. And uh, the basics of it is just that players are able to, to capitalize or monetize their own likeness. So, like, using uh, using their Instagram, Twitter, uh, 
Facebook, whatever it is, they're able to use their own name, make money off of that name. And I think so far, uh, as far as all of us on the show, uh, we've been very supportive of it. In my opinion, I love it because I think that they should have been getting some kind of compensation all along. But uh, let, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and kick this over to our little newbie here. Uh, oh, yeah. Right out of the gates. First yeah. take. <laughs> and, then, and, and, and then and then we'll go and jump over to Dustin Brooks. What are your thoughts on the new NIL ruling? I think it's great. I mean, especially coming from big schools, you know, you get lots of money from being an athlete. So, but at the same time, I'm interested to see how it works. I saw like on Barstool, they're all like, you know, signing all these athletes and these athletes are posting. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm a Barstool athlete, but what the hell does that mean? It's like getting merch from Barstool and that's it. Like, I mean, I'm sure Barstool like, tweet their clips out but they're not getting like anything from them but so i think it's cool i think it's a good move but long time coming definitely Absolutely. for sure uh dustin take on this what do you got i think something you're gonna see because i know i saw a texas tech player today announce like hey here's my new logo for my brand and you're gonna start seeing guys that have their own merch that comes out they're gonna start selling this merch i mean not at games but to their fan base obviously to so like <laughs> You can go buy a Kevin McCuller sweatshirt probably this during this basketball season and rock that instead of going to Red Raider out there and buying a Texas Tech basketball shirt and Kevin McCuller gets zero dollars of that. Yeah. So I think that's where you're going to see a lot of this is guys teaming up with maybe like merch companies um, and doing a branding type thing. Uh, and maybe it goes that route. That's what I would like to see guys kind of taking it into their own and making it that I'm definitely, I'm definitely loving the direction of it so far. Um, Brooks, uh, thoughts, uh, opinions. What do you, what do you, th- what are you thinking so far about the NIL ruling? Yeah, like you guys, I'm all for it. I'm all for players being able to make a little bit of money off of themselves. They make a lot of money for these universities, so I definitely think they should be able to pull in whatever amount they can from that. Uh, it's been interesting to see, like as soon as the thing. As soon as it went live on July 1st, there was so many athletes coming out. Oh, here's my new logo. Here's my, you know, new brand. Here's my endorsement deal with, you know, this or whatever. I think Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma has uh, signed with Raising Canes or something, an endorsement deal with them. Um, I haven't seen any tech players really sign huge deals. I know Marcus Santos Silva has like a little deal with uh, this slides company that does, you know, the uh, slides that dudes like to wear before they go play basketball or whatever. He has a little thing with them, but we've had some players that already came out with brands like Dustin said, Kevin McCuller, Adonis Arms came out with one today. I think Baron Baron Morton on our football team has his own little merchandise stuff going too. So it's a cool opportunity for them to build a brand early on in their careers, kind of get it started with fan bases that are super loyal, love these dudes. And uh, it's nice that they get a little bit of change coming back their way from it. I mean, that, that that should have been, with the explosion of social media, this should have gone along with it. Like, uh, honestly, a lot sooner. I mean, I mean, 15, 20 years ago, maybe not. I get it. But, like, as as soon as it's kind of established its presence and it's impacting elections and it's, like, it, it's, it's having a massive impact on society in general, uh, they should have been able to at least monetize that. I get it. The schools need funding to cover their blah, blah, blah facilities and... I don't know. They're basically not getting enough from like tuition. I don't know, but 
but this is this is obviously we've been in full support of this step in the right direction. Let them make their money. They they if they're the attention for the university, then they should be getting paid for that to some degree. And so step yeah. in the right direction. I still think I would like to like okay, this is just me, but like I would like to see a like like a like a percentage of the funds if you're like a number one player, a percentage of the funds brought in from your from the athletic department or from the football team be put aside and then like let's say put it aside for like somebody that graduates they get like a percentage or something like that just to kind of still make it like educational based but that's something that i would like to see i don't know i don't know if y'all have any kind of like long-term thing that you'd like to see differently but i think the ncaa wants to be or these schools i guess they don't want to get that specific because then they're not being fair to you know, different athletes that are not as popular on less popular teams. Yeah. And then they're getting treated unfairly, you know, because the star quarterback's getting all this money and the soccer women's soccer goalie is not getting anything, but let them do it on their own. Like they are, have the opportunity to now and it is what it is. That, I mean, the yeah. Texas tech program has a very good setup for this as well, where they're kind of be kind of basically helping or training people with it. Um, but yeah, any, any last input guys before we jump over to, to the, to the other big news that we got for today. Now let's get to the good stuff. Yeah. Good stuff. All right. All right. So the big news here, uh, is TJ Shannon back with, back with Texas tech basketball. We are super excited about this. Um, Brooks lead the way on this one. What what are your thoughts on the decision finally coming around? Well, it was a long wait today for this news he drew it out till almost you know the very last minute it felt like uh checking that twitter often to see if the news popped up and of course around five o'clock it came in the form of a video pretty simple video ron ronald ross former red raider great hyping it up a lot of highlights and then he'll run it back at the end and it's confirmed terrence shannon jr coming back for his junior gear and yeah, it's great. It's this great news. This is the best news to come since Mark Adams was hired. Uh, this feels like a game changer for the season. I think realistically, before this news, looking at the roster, while I like it, while I see some strengths in it, I did see it as a team that's kind of middle of the pack in the Big 12, which is still good because it's a great conference. But maybe like a first round, second round exit in the tournament kind of felt like that, like it's ceiling. Terrence Shannon coming back adds a star into the mix and definitely raises the ceiling for this team a lot more to where now I'm like, all right, I see us at the top of the Big 12, and I see us as potentially being able to make a run come March, especially when you consider the fact that that we have another roster spot available and we have room to add. There's a Oral Roberts kid out there that we're apparently wanting to go get who was on that team that went to the Sweet 16 last year. So, yeah, it raises your ceiling a lot. He's obviously – we're familiar with him. We know what we're getting with him. But I'm also curious to see what he took with him from this training process through the draft combine, through what he's heard from NBA teams, what he takes, what he adds to his game, what Coach Adams helps him do this year, what progress he makes. And that could be what takes us to the next level. Uh, is him becoming like a Big 12 player of the year type guy, which I fully expect him to kind of take that role for us this year. 
And it, it definitely adds some veteran leadership to us. And, and that's definitely something we're going to be needing, especially with all these new people coming in. Dustin, uh, thoughts on thoughts on the thoughts on the. <laughs> that's exactly news. what I love about it. Besides the basketball parks, we know what he can do on the basketball floor. Like Brooke said, what he's going to take from NBA to get better, to get back on that draft board for next year. Um, but he has a fifth guy coming back from like your team last year and a big time veteran captain type presence um, and leadership to all this like transfer super team we we tried to put together this year. So that really helps kind of solidify a ground base. I know these guys have been working out really hard for the last month together. Um, so it'd be nice to get him in the building and put him at the front of the line and show these guys how, how to do it. Um, and get him in that new practice facility, obviously. But yeah. I agree with Brooks. That puts us from middle of the pack to competing for Big 12 championship at least c- close to, if not like <laughs> right at the date of it. It'll definitely put us in the discussion. Yeah. Um, so we're still going to be a little short. We're not, we're not that tall. We just added another 6'7 guy, basically. So I'll be all right. <laughs> we didn't get taller. That's all right, but the leadership and the skill helps out a lot there. So, Jillian, since you're such a big Texas Tech fan. He's my Chicago hometown guy. Oh, okay. Oh, that is true. You know what? Um, You you schooled me on that one. All right. I'm sorry. I was being a bit of a facetious ass on that one. My bad. All right. So, your thoughts on this. That's it. (laughs) Okay. Good work. Good work. But to add in kind of what we were talking about the a little bit before, especially with the NIL now in place, coming Ooh. back for another year isn't such a bad idea yeah. anymore. Previously, it's like, all right, do I go back for another year, risk getting hurt, and right. risk completely ruining my career and not getting anything for it? Well, now he comes back, and he's automatically everybody's favorite player at Tech right now, pretty much. He's going to get you know, a merch deal. And people are going to buy his merch. He's probably going to get endorsements or whatever he can. And he's going to end up making a decent amount from coming back this year. So it's not a complete loss. If money was the motive, then you're still going to get some money off of it this year. As if you would have gone to the second round or even undrafted. Now you're putting all of that at risk. Well, at least, you know, this money is going to probably be pretty legit. Because everybody loves you. (laughs) And they do so even more now. I think that's why you saw a lot of guys not wait until today to come yes. declare they're coming back and withdraw. I know we saw Hunter Dickinson, big dude from Michigan, come out and he said that was one of the main reasons was the NIL rules. So he can make some money and come back for another year, work on his game, and try again next year without losing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see that. Uh, I didn't even think about that. It, like yeah, like, like on a monetary standpoint. Kinda... Uh, I do like man. that look, though. Yeah, me and Dustin were kind of texting about it today because we had heard that one of the things pulling him towards the NBA was his mom saying, like, well, let's go get the money. Let's go get the money. I was like, well, there's you get a second round or undrafted. That money's not guaranteed to be there. We're like, well, you can get money here. Did somebody tell her you can get money off this NIL? Because he can make a good he can make a good amount off of this one year alone just because of his two years with us, the amount of love we have for him already. And the amount of love that we have that he's coming back and yeah. it's the revenge tour year. So you add in everything that's happening, like it's going to be all right for him this year. It's going to be, be good. Right. I think it's definitely going to be good. And 
I don't know. I, I, I'm definitely going to be snagging a, a uh, KJ Allen hoodie. We have to. KJ. Yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show, we have to. We have to. Boy. All right. I already tweeted out I'm going to buy me some TJ Shannon gear. So. Oh, damn it. We'll get, we'll get a little bit of everybody. We'll support everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, we'll dabble here, dabble there. Yeah, we, 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 we got to support. We got to support. And, and, I mean, obviously him coming back is going to be big, big, big time for us. All right. So, uh, next part that we're going to be jumping into is our, our series, our five-part series. But we, we're going to be adding a little bit here. We're going to be adding the third least favorite moments. Uh, today and we'll be having our third favorite moment so we got two more weeks of this afterwards that we're going to be talking about um so i do y'all want to go least first or do you want to each take our own least and best we let's get the either. bad out of the way first and all right, let's all right. go good so um i i can kick this off it's it's a very quick one but i think it was a it was Kind of the right move at the right time, but I still think it just kind of decimated the program for years. And that my third will probably be the firing of Mike Leach. Yeah, that will probably be my third. I, I understood why they did it at the time they did it. It was, again, the right move at the right time. But like, I still think it was it was my third least favorite move for Texas Tech football. Uh, uh, Brooks, I see you shaking your head at it. Oh, I, I, I don't think it was the right move at the right oh, okay, time. I okay, think okay. it was a terrible move at the yeah, wrong like, time to I, fire the best coach you've ever had. Never I, a good time. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> Unless I, there's I don't disagree something horrible. That. I don't disagree with that. But, yeah, he, he, he kind of put Texas Tech on the map, the air raid, all of that. It was a ton of fun to watch. I think it was a dumb move, but, like, I understand why they made the move, but it wasn't. Uh, that was probably my third least favorite moment. Um, so, uh we're gonna let Brooks go second, and then because I know Jillian's gonna be doing her own thing for uh, what was it, uh, Illinois, right? No, no, yeah, Indiana, oh, no. Indiana. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I knew it was one of the I ones. My bad. That's I, that was my screw up. All right, uh, Brooks. <laughs> yeah, the bad and a good one. That's just like a general. That's cool. Not like ranked, but yeah, she had yeah, a bad yeah, yeah. No, no. We, we we need we need to be educated a bit. Apparently, or at least I do. <laughs> that's my that's my bad. All right, Brooks. Third least favorite moment of Texas Tech football. Yeah, so this one is definitely a very personal one to me. Most of y'all probably, most Tech fans might not even be familiar with this game. Uh, we're taking it all the way back to 1999 for this one. We're going way back. I was eight years old at this game. And this is one of the very first football games I can remember. And it's not for the game in itself. <laughs> Tech got murdered. We got destroyed 41 to 21. The game wasn't very enjoyable. But the part around it that was terrible was there was a swarm of crickets that hit Stillwater that night. And so we're watching the game and kind of the first half goes on and you're getting into the second half and you start noticing the like crickets kind of keep landing on you. My dad's swatting them off me. My sister, who's like sticks at the time is freaking the hell out because she's scared of bugs. She's terrified. And it gets to the point where you look up in the, in the air and like in the lights, you could see just all these little black dots flying in. And then you look down on the field and, you know, I was kind of looking up doing some research to try to figure out when, what year this was. And there's like a video on YouTube. I can't remember. It's some Oklahoma state show that they had in 1999 and it's giving highlights of the game. And as the game goes on, you can see black dots on the field, like everywhere. There'll be like a run into the end zone. And there's like 20 different little 
black dots on the grass just crawling around and when they do their handshakes at the end they're everywhere it was horrifying i go to the bathroom and they're in the you know they had the urinal troughs and they're in there my feet are stepping and i'm killing them it was one of the worst things i've ever seen or been a part of there it felt like a pop apocalyptic it was insane the cricket game oklahoma state 1999 uh you know we lost so that added on to the pain but man what a horrifying experience especially when you're a kid and uh my sister's screaming because every time she moves there's a cricket landing in her hair so it was wild not a fun experience i highly don't recommend cricket uh swarms of crickets uh, <laughs> it was awful so that's gonna be my third favorite moment and that's just from an awful experience yeah thank you still water <laughs> let's see i'll try, so, try to find the image of it okay i, I can't find um, it anywhere anyways all right i don't know if you'll be able to find a picture but yeah, there was... i'll i'll try to make like a little video and i'll try to clip in some of those parts that Something. i found on that random <laughs> one that i had i kind of want to see that that sounds like 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 some some apocalypse shit uh, yeah, it was pretty bizarre. It was uh, my dad can probably tell that story a little bit better than I can, being that he was, you know, older and can remember that better than I was. But that's so, like the first game experience that I like really, really remember being at. Know. Other than that, yeah. So, um, all right. So, Dustin, uh, le- third least favorite football moment from Texas Tech. So, mine is also Oklahoma State related. Okay. Yeah. Oh, great segue me there, Brooks. This is actually a game. I'm using two football games here, not off the field stuff today. This is 2011 against Oklahoma State. They beat us 66 to 6 in a game in our own house. And one of the reasons I vividly remember this is because I had a friend there who went to Stillwater and a few years before that, when he came to a game, I made him sit through the game that we were beating the hell out of them. So he made me sit through the whole game while they beat the hell out of us. So it just stuck in my head. But also it kind of, I think Brooks can agree with me here. It kind of like stuck with me that this was the like moment in the game where Oklahoma state had by far surpassed us and left us in the dust as like similar programs. Mm-hmm. For the, a long time, especially in the late 2000s, we were the number three and four teams in the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma, number one, two. And then it's Tech and Oklahoma State, you know, been for similar players, similar programs, all that good stuff. And this just kind of vividly stuck in my head as we had started to slip through the Tuberville days and they were really starting to take off. Um, with their program and just a 28 year old Brandon Whedon kicked our ass (laughs) and I just was like yep they have passed us and taken our spot and kicked us down the road I think my experience with that game was I showed up they scored a touchdown like their third play of the game or something like that they kicked off to us and then we fumbled the kickoff and they scored was that game and I was like yep I'm out (laughs) I left immediately the kickoff and that was when you could still return it, and they scored a touchdown. And I was like, yep, this game uh, is over. All right. It's, it was very bad. Uh, I feel so bad that you had to stay through like, all of that. Yeah, oh. yeah. I had to sit through every bit and touchdown of it. 
And it wasn't even – I looked at all the stats today. It They didn't, like, offensively kick our ass. It was their defense that kicked our ass bad. Like, we had barely 100 yards of passing offense, 100 yards of rushing, no touchdowns. Like, it was horrible. They just – shut us down to begin with just one of that's where that games. famous picture comes from with the tech fan with his head down and his gun up on the like it was just like, uh, <laughs> that's where that, that, where that was from, from? <laughs> yeah. i've seen that that's photo. Mine. i just sit through it and i also thought it was like a pivotal moment in two of the big 12 yeah that's three. a good take i hadn't really thought of it that way but yeah that is when because you know it they go on for- like we're they were taking off from us and then that one they just gone Shit. left us in the dust yeah because from like 2000s yeah all the way through it was every other year kind of yeah yeah like whatever team played the team at home was gonna win yeah and we could never win in stillwater and they could never win in lubbock and then in all the of a sudden they just years, they just kicked our ass yeah <laughs> yeah well uh jillian all right up to bat what, right. what do you got for us what is your least favorite moment yeah, so I'm an Indiana Hoosier alumni, ble- like bleed, crimson, and cream. So like Arlie, you were upset about them firing the coach. I was upset about them hiring Kelvin Sampson. So I was in college in 07, 08. We had an awesome team. Kelvin Sampson was there that had DJ White, Eric Gordon, you know, a bunch of big guys. We, I think we went 25 and 8 on the season. And then Kelvin Sampson had to screw us over and do a bunch of illegal recruiting, over 200 illegal recruiting calls. And then, you know, I was hyped up to be at this big basketball school, obviously basketball's life out here in Midwest, and have that happen, you know, sophomore year just ruined, you know, sports for me because our football team was not good Uh, back then uh, either. So definitely a downer. Um, But, you know, we got through it. We'll come back. We'll, we'll be better this year. So that's wow. my take. Never heard that one before. All right. Uh, so you you have fun with him at Houston. So. Uh, I won't. I won't. Good God. Uh, I have no hope for Houston Houston football anything right now. Um. Anyways, I'm gonna kind of talk right past that one. So let's go ahead and jump to our th- our our number for for Texas Tech. Football, anyways. Uh, well, let's our, let let's let Jillian kick off the oh, best moments you know with hers. That way, we can finish it off with we'll, the tech moments. We'll, we'll we'll reverse snake this one. All right, Jillian. Yeah. Favorite <laughs> moment. What for for Indiana? What you got? Favorite moment for IU. Obviously, the Watt shot. Christian Watt. Christian Watford. We're underrated. You know, not even ranked basketball team. We're playing number one Kentucky. And at the last second, we just hit a buzzer beater to beat them. You know, probably the greatest game that I've watched for IU. But the best thing to come out of that is because of that game, Coach Cal refuses to play at IU. He will never play us again unless it's on a neutral site. So we have not played Kentucky since that game. Um, So it's kind of a good feeling to beat someone so badly when you're not ranked your number one team. And now they don't even want to play us. So for this moment, my I basketball, you know, lifetime. I like it. I I, just, I got it pulled up. I found it for you. Uh, that that was a very good one. Yeah, literally in inbound the pass. 
kick back, three point. Oh, and it's done. Also in 2011. Hmm. Mm. Mm. All right. A couple things from 2011 going on here in this <laughs> in this segment today. Uh, Dustin, all right, your turn. Third favorite football Texas Tech moment. What do you got? All right. So I'm going all the way back to the 2006 Inside Bowl versus Minnesota. All right. The greatest comeback in bowl game history. <clears throat> Texas Tech was down 31 points with eight minutes left in the third quarter and came back 38-7 to seven, uh, with eight minutes left. They were down, I think, 38 total at halftime. Come back in, Alex Trulika hits a 52-yard field goal to tie the game with zero time on the clock. We go to overtime and win 44-41. to And I remember that because when I was a student, that kind of also kicked off like a good like three year stretch of like one we were really good, but also like teams were scared of us because we were never out of a game with Lee. Yeah, and like Graham Harrell and these guys because they were like, "There's no way you can come back and score that many points that fast." And I watch, <laughs> we will. <laughs> and so we just started. We were never out of games, and that was a great feeling to have. We were never out of any any games with Leach, and he could score at any moment and. Keep us in it. Absolutely. The inside bowl and Trulika and Leach. The last time we had a good field goal kicker was him, pretty much. (laughs) I remember my memories from that game. The team was right after him. Do what? Trulika and Too Good. Yeah, Too Good was before Trulika. Yeah, Trulika was uh, after. But my memories from that game, I had a basketball game that night. And so (laughs) – uh, we're playing and like I knew the bowl game was going, and so like at halftime I run up. I'm like, Dad, what's the score? And he's like, It's over. We're we're down like 35 to whatever. It's all, not even halftime yet. I'm like, Oh gosh. So we our game finishes, and I'm thinking the bowl game's probably over. And my dad's like, We got to get to the car. We came back, <laughs> and so we're driving back from La Mesa. We had a turn in La Mesa. We're driving back from La Mesa, listening to the game on the radio. Uh, so I didn't get to watch it on TV, but yeah. They had 35 points in the first half and then scored three points in the second half while we scored literally 24 points just into the fourth quarter to tie that game. Yep. I think there's some good highlights of that on YouTube somewhere. I'll be Uh, be hunting for those. Oh, yeah, we're good. Uh, Brooks, number three, what do you got this week? So uh, mine will go back to 2002 on this one. That was a really good one by Dustin. Um, but I'm all going with all games that I, I was at. Uh, and so my third favorite moment is November 16th of 2002. It's my first memory of beating Texas. Uh, this was the year Chris Sims led a top rank, top five ranked Texas Longhorn team into Lubbock. It was Cliff Kingsbury's last year as the quarterback for Texas Tech. We had also beat AM in 2002 which was a rarity for us to beat A&M and Texas in the same year. So this particular game, I remember, you know, we got down early, but we were able to kind of come back. And right before halftime, we have a long 60-yard pass or something to Nehemiah Glover, who was one of my favorite receivers at the time, just a speedy dude. Got the ball, goes 60 yards for the touchdown to tie the game right before halftime. 
And then second half was kind of a back and forth battle. Texas takes the lead. We drive down, touchdown pass Nehemiah Glover to get the lead. And Texas bombs one out, grabs the lead. And we come back, a long drive, hit Torian Henderson, who was at the time a freshman, who goes on to be uh, an all-time you know, running back for Texas Tech, hit him on a little screen pass. He takes it to the house. We go up. Uh, there's about five minutes remaining, and we do a little pooch kick where their guy drives, takes it all the way to, like, our own 40-yard line. So we have 40 yards to go with five minutes left. All Tech fans are like, oh, crap, here we go again. Texas is going to come back on us and beat us here a little time with a little bit of time left. First play of the drive. Sims throws a pick to Ryan Acock, uh, who intercepts it for Texas Tech. The bleachers are being broken everywhere and passed up. Uh, if anybody remembers yeah. like, this game, this is the first time I remember seeing that happen. I was like, what's going on? My dad's like, they're breaking the bleachers. They're jumping so hard. So they're passing all the bleachers up. Uh, Tech has to now go on a drive. We pull out a trick play on a third and long in Texas territory. Cliff Kingsbury throws a pass to Mickey Peters, who then throws a forward pass to Wes Welker on a third and nine to give us the first down. We eventually run out the clock, upset Texas. It was my first, like, vivid memory of us beating Texas. I know we had beaten Texas in my lifetime, but kind of like I mentioned last week, I just wasn't old enough to remember him. So, yeah, it was awesome. Enjoyed it. Beating Texas is always dope, and that was my first experience with it. Chris Sims. Uh, falling to Cliff Kingsbury in his senior year. I was 11 years old. <laughs> I feel like I was there just now. <laughs> that was a really good description, though. Like, I really did feel it, like, in the game there. I watched the highlight video a couple times over just to, like, you know, refresh my memory on it. It was a long time ago. Uh, but, yeah, it was awesome. Wes Walker was awesome that game. I think he had, like, over 200 yards uh, all-purpose yards. Of course, Wes Welker, we know, is always awesome. So, mm-hmm. um, All right, so really good one. Honestly, that was a, a phenomenal description of it, too. I actually did I, – I, I really did like kind of start getting sucked into it. Uh, but great number three. Mine, uh, we're going to go back-to-back on the coaching thing. Obviously, we, we mentioned it earlier. I think it was one of Dustin's, but it is my top three. And that is the firing of, of of Cliff, since we just got done talking about him. But that is my top three. I did I did feel like that was really important to the football program because of like kind of how like uh, he was just like he was just so mediocre the entire time he was with us. That's all. But that was my number three. We've talked about it plenty before, but I just did want to get that out there. I wanted to go back to back on the coaching today. So. Uh, that is going to wrap up our Club Red discussion for this week. We are going to go ahead and uh, kick this over. Oh, shot time. Okay, we'll give y'all a break. <laughs> no, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. We'll keep going. All right, so we're going to kick this over to Brooks here in a second. We're going to talk about the NBA. Uh, the finals are going on right now. The, the Western and Eastern Conference finals wrapped up. This is Tailgate Talks NBA Discussion. All right, Brooks, lead the way for us. Uh, I guess we're going to be starting off with the uh, with Western Conference Finals, but 
Uh, what's going on over in the NBA side of sports news? Yes, NBA Finals are underway. Last time we talked to you guys, the Western and Eastern Conferences were still yet to wrap up. The Suns officially destroyed the Clippers in six games. Chris Paul had one of the best nights of his life to help knock the Clippers out of the playoffs. Uh, the Bucks were also, you know, tied two games uh, to two with the Hawks. Giannis had just been hurt. We had no idea where the series was going, but the Hawks didn't take advantage of it. The Bucks figured out how to play without Giannis, and they ended up knocking the Hawks out of the playoffs. A very strong effort from the Hawks. I think everybody was surprised to see them make it as far as they did uh, and a very young team. So I'm imagining bright things in their future. As the Clippers, they begin an offseason where they have a lot of questions and a lot of things to fill. Uh, what are they going to do? Is Kawhi committed to staying with the Clippers? Where do they go from here? They've had two shots at this and have come up empty-handed uh, and not even, you know, really even coming all that close. So interesting to see what their off-seasons will be like. But let's get into the finals, the the important discussion here, and we'll just send those teams off on their way. NBA Finals Game 1 started on Tuesday night. By the time you catch this show on Friday, Game 2 will have happened, which is Thursday night. The Bucks failed uh, in Game 1. Suns take the victory. Although surprising right before the game, Giannis, who we mentioned missed the end of the Hawks series, comes out as a starter in Game 1. Uh, news broke a little bit before that he was going to give it a shot. And I don't know. Did y'all watch the game? It, he looked yeah. pretty healthy to me. What did y'all think? I, I didn't. Yeah. If I didn't know he was injured, I don't think. Uh, yeah. I, I wouldn't have seen any difference. First few minutes, he looked even more. I mean, he looked like the best athlete, most explosive guy on the floor right out the gate. It looked like he got shot out. Like he was grabbing rebounds and flying down the court like normal or even more than normal. So I was like. She went from not having Giannis in the game to he's the best player on the floor again. Like, what? That was yeah. a surprise. <laughs> yeah, Arlie, do you have any thoughts on that? Or No, I mean, I mean, that's basically it. Like, he looked good out the gates. He didn't even look like he needed to be considered a, an, an injured player, to be honest. But uh, maybe they just kind of knew that they were going to wrap this one up somehow. I, I don't know. But either way. Jilly. Jillian, Milwaukee is up in your neck of the woods. Being from Chicago, are you anti-Buck over here, or do you support those like you support everybody in the Big Ten? Do you support everybody in the Eastern <laughs> Conference? Uh, well, you know, I, I don't have any loyalty to the Bucks. Honestly, I don't think they've been very relevant in my lifetime. So, um, you know, bulls all the way, diehard since I've been little. So, I don't care about Bucks. Well, Giannis, I will say the one time I did really think he was hurt was in the second half. He kind of slowed down. You could tell his endurance necessarily wasn't up to par with what it had been prior to the injury. But it was important for Giannis to play because, well, in two meetings this season, Giannis totaled 80 points in just 73 minutes on 60% shooting against the Suns. Those are pretty good numbers. So I understand why they wanted him to play. Uh, he did Finish off with 20 points, 17 rebounds, and four assists. So pretty good numbers for a guy who we thought lost an ACL just a week ago um, in the start. 
Dario Saric has a torn ACL and won't be playing the rest of the game. And so the Suns don't have that many big men anyways besides Aiden. Saric is a pretty good role player for them. So that's – it's not a huge news, but it, it has something yeah. to the impact of the series. It, well, he was always there to help spell Aiton some minutes and give him a versatile guy who could shoot a three. Also, he, you know, he's kind of difficult to defend if you're a big, slow-footed center like a Brooke Lopez or something like that. But the story of the night was Chris Paul. Chris Paul made his first NBA Finals, and he made his first game count. Uh, he was pretty awesome in game one. He had 32 points, nine assists, four rebounds, while – Devin Booker went for 27.6 rebound or six assists to re, or six rebounds to assists. Sorry, got those numbers flipped. Uh, the two Sun Stars were pretty awesome in that game one. Dustin, where are you feeling this series is after one game? And how confident are you in the Suns right now after that performance? You have the DeAndre Ayton stat line too. He had a big yeah. also what 20 and 19 or something like that. Yeah, he was what I was going to get it to after this. I forgot you do have a stat of the day that regards Chris Paul. So do we want to go ahead and get to that? Let's go ahead and get that. All right, we're going to knock this out. Take that for data. What do you got, Dustin? CP3 is the first player since Michael Jordan in 1991 to have his finals debut and have a 30-point-and-8-assist game in his finals debut. If you're in any stat that is since Michael Jordan, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Chris Paul, a huge moment for him, and he comes through. Arlie, you've been a big CP3 supporter this year. What are your thoughts after game one uh, for the point god? I um I I think he's stepping up where he needs to. Um, it, it's it, he's kind of been doing it in little spurts. He's letting his team play, which has kind of been his role. But whenever they start kind of showing their immaturity uh, a little bit, uh, he steps in and starts getting buckets, starts actually distributing a little bit more. And I respect to CP three like basically making sure his impact on the Suns team is going to be heard. And no, nah, I, I love it. Love it from him. Uh, 30, 30 point game in the season or in the, uh, in the finals opener. You got it. You got to respect it. He was never a big shooter type of guy. Yeah. He's always that person that lets the game come to him. He will get players involved. If that's what the game is asking for, if the game is asking for him to take over, he'll take over like he did in game six to close out the Clippers. Like that's a prime example of him just being like, all right, I'm going to do this all on my back. He was able to do it. He did it here in game one. Uh, what I thought the Bucks uh, did really poorly was their defense didn't really make much sense to me. They were switching a lot of things. They kept throwing Brooke Lopez at Devin Booker and Chris Paul, and they looked like dudes who knew they had him beat. Sorry about that. They looked like dudes who were ready to feast when they saw Brooke Lopez come out there. Brooke Lopez ended up leaving the game a little bit early after the coach decided, all right, enough of this. Let's go Giannis at the five. Brooke Lopez put up a team worse to minus 17. Uh, So difficult minutes for him. Um, Jillian, what do you think the Bucs got to do to counteract 
this devastating attack from these small guards and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Where do you, where do they go? What do they do now? Yeah, I mean, they can't rely on Giannis the entire game. Obviously, him being hurt, injured is not going to help. So they definitely got to, you know, find the other players. Obviously, the Suns are going to go after him, especially. You know, I think, you know, NBA Finals, though, can go anyway. You know, it's the NBA. Everyone's always saying, you know, Suns in four or whatever, but I don't think it's going to be four. So, you know. It's the NBA. It's going to go, I'm saying, at least six, if not seven. So um, We've got six, at least seven from Jillian here. Bold. Justin, very bold. That was the problem, though. They didn't make <laughs> any adjustments. It was like Cliff was their head coach. They were just like, here's the game plan. Just stick with it the whole game, guys. And well, they Dustin, just- yeah, I was going to ask, so what do, what do you think the adjustments they can make are? Because – they don't have a huge, a deep roster. Do we, do we need more Bobby Portis minutes? What what do we do to counteract this uh, attack of the Suns? <laughs> Bobby Portis needs some new. But, I mean, they can't go super big, I don't think, because the Suns do have Aiden. So, unlike teams they played before that don't have big dudes, they can't just be the biggest, largest team on the floor with Giannis and Brooke Lopez and Chris Middleton throw out Bobby Portis and just throw out all their forwards with Jay Rue out there and play the game. They got to try to get smaller and try to match up, get Giannis at the five on Aiton and play from there, I think. Yeah, Aiton is the X factor to me because, well, like Dustin was going to say earlier, Aiton had 22 points and 19 rebounds. Stat of the day for for DeAndre Ayton is kind of similar to Chris Paul's. He's the first player to do that since Tim Duncan did to have 15 and 15 in their first final appearance. He's the first player to do that since, and that's uh, an amazing player to have your name alongside as the only players to do that. So an impressive performance from DeAndre Ayton, who's really stepped his game up this whole postseason and it's kind of changed the trajectory of his career from these performances as everybody saw him kind of as a bust or not necessarily a bust, but why would you take him over Luca? And he's turned it into, well, now it makes sense because he fits in with what the Suns are doing here and they don't necessarily need Luca. They needed a guy like this who can play small lineups and also big lineups. So Aiden's been pretty impressive on a Bucks point. Middleton had a pretty good game last night with 29 points. He was kind of keeping him in that game while the Suns kept wanting to pull away. He would hit a couple threes, keep him in it. Arlie, mm. let's just get to our our picks for this finals. I think I know where we're all going to go in this finals, but kind of give your reasoning, what you think, kind of how this plays out. Are you Suns in four? Are you seeing this go longer? And what do you think? Where do you think this series ends, and what does it mean for uh, the Suns? What does it mean for the Bucks to have a chance at this finals? So, you know, obviously we have a lot of, a lot of stat lines that we go by on this on this show, and and one of the biggest ones was the plus minus from the Bucks Suns uh, as far as scoring goes while Giannis was on the floor. While he's on the floor, uh, I believe it was like. Uh, I believe he was outscoring the Suns like 12 to 2, 12 to 3, like on average. So like while he's on the floor, it's he's, he is that kind of impactful. And the Suns are having a big time, big problem guarding him. The thing is, is that 
they don't know how many minutes they're going to be able to get him each and every game. I still think the depth on the Suns is going to carry them, and I do think this is going to be over in five. I do think the Bucks steal one. I do think that they steal one, but this is going to be done in five for me. Done in five. We've got Jillian's prediction. Dustin, what do you got? How do you see this series playing out, and you know, what's your reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go six. Okay, six. Um, yeah, I'm torn between five and six because I didn't see much out of the Bucks that first game besides, oh, the Giannis is back. But they've been a pretty resilient group, even though we haven't had much faith in them all playoffs. So I'll give them another game and go Suns and six. Suns in six from Dustin. Um, I'm thinking you got to go Suns in four if you're wearing the shirt. <laughs> Suns in four. That's Let's it. Do it. No, uh, you gotta throw out the logo. Throw the I think the your shirt off I do like this shirt. It's an awesome shirt. Somebody saw me at like the grocery store. You was like, "Yo, can I get a picture?" <laughs> it's like, yeah, of course. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Um. <laughs> uh, no, I do think this goes six. I think the Bucks will figure something out with that small lineup with Giannis at the five. Giannis has been a force, and I think he'll be able to win them a game or two. Maybe a you know great Chris Middleton performance uh, gives them a game. And I do think the Suns have tendencies to go on runs where their offense kind of fades, and that gives the Bucks chances uh, to take advantage of it. They'll need to see better performances from Drew Holiday. Maybe Brooke Lopez figures out how to stay on the floor. Uh, we'll see what the Bucks do from here. But I do have the Suns winning, and I'll take six games as well. I think the Bucks are going to figure out one or two game, one or two games, and I wouldn't be shocked if they lose game uh, or if they win game two here tomorrow night. But it is a was a fun game one though. Did you, well, any other takeaways from game one from you guys? No, it was it was just a, it was a good start. Uh, CP3 kind of showing his star power out the gates, and I think it's actually going to be a pretty fun series to watch. I do think it's going to be over a little bit quicker than like six or seven games, but uh, it's not it, it's not the finals I think anybody was expecting. But it's it's definitely one to watch. Yeah, I think it all depends on how healthy Giannis can really be, and if he can kind of be that force. I yeah. I think he'll be able to make it a competitive series. Uh, I I hope for at least six games. I'm not ready for the NBA to be done just yet. True. So that kind of wraps it up. There's not a lot of NBA news breaking uh, this time of year. Pretty slow. Other things to monitor will be, you know, things for the USA basketball team and the Olympics coming up. Uh, Other than that, just kind of rumors from teams, searching for trades and stuff like that. But we do have shot bets around the corner. Game four will be taking place next week when we're shooting the show. So we still have a couple podcasts left while the NBA is going on. But yeah, catch us next week. The series will just be two games further down the road. All right. It's going to wrap up the NBA discussion. We do have a a little bit of a a mention of the MLB that we're going to be talking about. And we're going to kick that over to Dustin so he can kind of help us out a little bit here. With uh, the, We're at the halfway point of the season, if I'm not mistaken, with the All-Star break and the Home Run Derby coming around. 
Uh, so I'm going to kick this over to Dustin for our MLB segment. That ball here way back. He looks up. You can't put it on the ball. Yes. So Dustin, uh, halfway through the MLB season, um, talk us through this. You switch sides. He's a cup fan now. I see that. <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. Sure for the game tomorrow, man. Um, not a winning side either. <laughs> no. So I'll let Jillian just talk about that while you brought it up. Cubs had a what a no hitter like a week or two ago. Oh Never yeah. Since, not so good. Yeah, so we no-hit the Dodgers. It was great. You know, it was combined no-hitters. So, you know, starting pitcher, we got three reli- two relievers and a closer, Andrew Chafin, you know, my guy. And then Craig Kimball came in, didn't even know it was a no-hitter, which was kind of funny. So, awesome to no-hit the Dodgers. And then now we're on an 11-game winning streak. I, or, I mean, losing streak. Losing streak. I, I have a little bit of a tidbit for you on that one. I forgot about this. I'll, let, I'll get Leggett right back to it. My neighbor right behind me w- was uh, growing up was Justin Tapera. He was part of that uh, no hitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chafin, Tapera, and then Craig Kimball, obviously. So that's super cool. But yeah, 11 game losing streak. I was at the game on Monday. We were 4 to 2. It was 2 to 2, 4 to 2, close game. And, it, you know, we lost 13 to 3, which is awesome. Last night, 15 10, we lost another wild game. And then we are up right now, but they're coming back right now. But Dustin and I are going tomorrow. We're going to get, you know, everything turned around, get us back on those win streaks. But, uh, yeah, not a great time to be a fan in Chicago with the Cubs. So. Yeah. Cubs not looking too good since that losing streak. Brooks' Red Sox are looking good, though. Yeah, I was going to just say real quick, Cubs fans are always, like, live or die. You could – one game y'all are winning, y'all are like, we're the greatest team ever. And the next game you could be losing, like, this team sucks. This team's <laughs> fucking awful. Team in May. In May, absolute greatest team in MLB. Exactly. June, absolute worst team probably in MLB. So, July's not off to a good start either, but. Yeah, we have a friend who's a, we have another friend who's a Cubs fan. And by his tweets, like, he's, he's just, like, so up and down all the time. He's like, this team sucks on the next day. This team's awesome. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo today. And then next week he's like, kill Anthony Rizzo right now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like legitimately, if y'all could have split that eleven games in half and gone six and five, you'd be in second in your division right now. Yeah, it's like not even all that bad. No. Y'all are like, it's the end of the world. Yeah, like, like all, all you'd have to do is just kind of make maybe break even on those, and you'd be right, right, right ahead of the Reds. Yeah. It's all over the place. But, but yeah, yeah. Brooks's team is doing pretty good, and the Red Sox better than expected. Arley's team has a similar record, looking pretty good too in the Astros. Yeah. Yeah, the Red Sox are pretty awesome. I got some. I got some Red Sox stat for you guys. Let's hear it. So the Red Sox Twitter put this out yesterday because over the weekend I was watching like some of their highlights on Twitter. And every time I got on Twitter, they would be throwing a dude out from the outfield. And I was like, man, we've got an awesome ass outfield. We really do. Uh, We're the only team in the major leagues with 20 outfield assists. We have 28 total outfield assists. 
Uh, we're the only team with three players who have five plus assists. We have Hunter Renfro who has 11, 11 outfield assists to himself. Kike Hernandez has five and Alex Verdugo, who we got back on the Mookie Betts trade has five as well. We also lead the majors with 23 runs saved by our outfield. And, uh, Kike Hernandez leads that outfield with 11 runs saved. And, of course, as I mentioned, Hunter Renfro leads the majors with 11 outfield assists. So our outfield, who is all completely new because we lost Jackie Bradley Jr., Andrew Benatende, and, of course, traded Mookie Betts. Killing it right now. So Red Sox much better than expected. And Chris Sale. Coming back, baby, soon. So we've got some trades to make. World Series are bust for us all of a sudden now. Out of nowhere. On the end with the Texas Rangers, they are not winning like we expected. But somehow got three all-stars on the all-star team this year. And a pitcher and two outfielders, Joey Gallo is one of them. And then a I can't even name a single pitcher for you guys. Uh, me neither, actually. Me neither, Todd. I looked up who the All-Stars were. <laughs> That's how good it is. Now you got one. You got one. Yeah. But, no, uh, there's a rookie for the Rangers has twenty playing outfield that has 21 home runs, and he got elected, nominated to the All-Star okay. game, Dolas Garcia. So, good for him. Uh, so, once again, got some youth that we're probably not going to do anything with. But I'll take that. I'll take that news. I mean, that's good. No, yeah, my, my my Astros are definitely definitely hanging in there. Uh, they they kind of had had a very good win streak, lost a couple games in the middle there, but uh, have won the last five. So definitely proud of them. They they are beating the Oakland A's as we speak right now, and beat them again last night. And obviously that's a divisional game. Oh, they're tied actually. They tied it up bottom of the sixth. Anyways, uh, but. We still do have the best run differential in all of the MLB. So take that for trash can and cheating jerks. Gibson, the pitcher for the Rangers, made the All Star team. Oh, good good for him. Never heard of him till now, but good for him. He has a 1.98 ERA. Damn. You you actually could have probably just said any random name you wanted, and we would have just been like, oh, cool. Yeah. You're like, his name's Dustin Wimmer. I'm like, wow, (laughs) that's awesome. Like, dude, Dustin Wimmer's crushing it in the MLB. I didn't even know. (laughs) Would have totally believed you. It was a a Rangers pitcher. All right. All-Star weekend coming up. I think the other thing to note here is that the Yankees are nine games back of the Red Sox. Ooh, That's fun. That is true. All right. We are we are definitely in full support of that. Like, I think things have settled down for them. Now the All-Star break, probably a good thing, but then like trade deadline, they'll have to see where they're at and what they're going to do. But they, I think they're going to have to make some decisions on what their record depends on. Yeah. The funny thing is Garrett Cole, after you're not allowed to use sticky substances anymore, has turned into like a regular pitcher. <laughs> uh, so Weird. that's that's some exciting news, yeah. But, but yeah, it's fun to see them down at the bottom of the of the standings mm-hmm. there, even though they still have above 500 record. It's just no the that, that the entire, AL beast. Yeah, the the East is actually looking pretty pretty balanced this the year. Rangers still like right there with spinning zero money. Say again. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays, they're right there, right behind the Red Sox, and they spend zero money every year. Oh, yeah. I honestly, like, 
I have like the biggest respect for the Rays, and like somehow every every like two or three years they just become like super relevant, and they're in the run or in the fight, and they don't they spend. I think they still have like one of the smallest payrolls in all of the MLB. Like it, yeah. it's impressive what they pull off over there in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Get to the World Series and lose, bunch of losers. <laughs> all right, all right. Anyway, so that, that was a little division rivalry right there. We only get to the World Series and win. Oh, okay. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Wait, didn't they win one? The race? No. I thought they won one. What was I thinking? Lost to the Phillies. Lost to the Dodgers. Hmm. Okay. Uh, anyways, I think that's going to wrap up the MLB discussion. We'll talk a little bit about the Home Run Derby as we go into the shot bets. But uh, let's go ahead and jump over to that segment. We're going to recap on last week's shot bets and kind of discuss a little bit on the next week's uh, or this coming week's shot bets. This is Tailgate Talk Shot Bets. So, Tailgate Talk Shot Bets. Uh, our first shot bet last week was the Bucks Hawks game, the game six, where the Milwaukee Bucks closed out the Atlanta Hawks 118 to uh, 107. Uh, Bucks took the game to clinch the series and clinch, clinch a playoff berth or playoff finals berth. Uh, me and Brooks took the Bucks on this one last second. Brooks kind of hesitated a little bit because he found out Trey Young was coming back, but he stuck with his guns. He made his Bucks pick, and it ended up paying off for him. Dustin owing the shot for the L on this one. As far as our second shot bet, we had the uh, game one of the NBA Finals with the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. The game ended up being 118 Suns to 105 Milwaukee Bucks. We all ended up picking the Suns to win, so there are no shots given for the game one of the NBA Finals. As far as our... Shot bet for this week, we're going to be having two that we have actually to announce to you guys. First one's going to be the Home Run Derby. Oh, excuse me. Um, Sorry, I just chugged a beer right before this. Oh, they're taking their other shot now. All right, it's that time. Oh, and is that Fireball? You, you classy, classy bitches. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so... First shot is going to be the home run derby. Uh, how how are we wanting to do the home run derby shot? But are we just going to like try and pick a winner? Yes. Okay. If your winner doesn't win, rider take shots. Okay. Oh, ooh, I didn't. Yeah, think and uh, right. go ahead. Go Joey ahead. Gallo has also been added to that list already. Yeah, yeah. So the one you're looking at has Joey Gallo on it in that bottom slot. Hmm. All right, all right. Uh, Brooks, you want to lead the way on this one? Who's your pick to win it? Um, I don't know yet. Dustin, do you have any? Uh... <laughs> Damn it. All right. That. Jillian, who do you got over there? No, no, no. All right. Well, Tailgate Talks crew is unprepared. Let's bring on the guest. Help us out here. No, no, no. Too late. Too late. You know, we, we, me and Brooks lost it for all three of us. Jillian, who's your pick for the Home Run Derby? Story, you know, the game's out in Colorado, right? So, home team, you got to go for the home squad, go for the home run kings in the stadium. So, I'm going Trevor Story. Ooh, good take. Good pick. All right. 
I we we know who Dustin's taking, but go ahead and make, make your pick. Take Joey Gallo. No. Yeah. You wow. Go. Damn, I was hoping you were gonna go Shohei, and I was gonna be take Joey Gallo for my. I'm gonna be a whore and take Joey Gallo. I don't like taking the like, especially if there's like a super favorite in these. Yeah. Connie, and I don't know. I just don't like. He's also pitching. Next day, so I don't know if he's actually going to try super hard. So I'll be a homer and take Joey Gallo. I mean, obviously, he only does one thing at baseball, and that's hit home runs. So mm-hmm. we're swinging this. <laughs> um, I'll go with Pete Alonso. I'll go with the former home run derby champion. He's been in it before. He knows what it takes to win the thing. Just about consistency. You don't have to have the best numbers to start. Just save all that energy. Go well, Pete Alonzo. He won, but nobody remembers that he won because yeah, because you remember Vlad. That's who it's, I remember. The same thing happened in Washington, though. It was Kyle Schwarber for the Cubs and Bryce Harper for the Nationals, and they were cheating because Bryce Harper's ripping bombs, but his dad's pitching before it's supposed to go out of the park first before yeah. he starts pitching. And he's just launching them as soon as he hits them. So it could be, you know, that home advantage in Colorado. So that's why I'm sick with my team. Uh, I'm feeling it. I mean, I'll take a win. A win is a win. Uh, I think on this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna just go ahead and go with uh, go with the low ball here, and maybe he's gonna maybe cause an upset here and just go with Juan Soto. <laughs> Probably the bad I'm bad thing with Otani, man. Okay. No, no, no. We're leaving that off. All right. I, 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 I you know what? I've been a little thirsty lately. All right. Two wins in a row. I need a shot sometime soon. So I'm gonna go with the low ball on Juan Soto. Least distance covered, and and the least home runs out of this entire list. Maybe he'll get the upset this weekend or the the uh, during the home run derby. All right. So uh, second shot bet that we do have for this week, and. Uh, Jillian's going to be giving her take on this, too. We have the Game 3 of the NBA Finals. It's going to be Sunday night? Sunday night. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Sunday night, Phoenix at the Milwaukee Bucks. This will be Game 3. So we will have Game 2 to analyze this a little bit. But um, unfortunately for us, this is a live show, live recording. So we get No, we've been picking. We pick them on when it comes to game time. Uh, All right. We're going to hold off on this one. Well, we don't know. What if somebody gets injured? Hold up. Mm -hmm. And also, like, I mean, Chris Paul rolls ankle last game. That kind of scared us. There's another game. Let's make sure everybody's healthy. See how it goes. I'm going box no matter what. Wow. All right. You have a pick. (laughs) That was all right. Listeners, you have a I'm, pick. I'm going. I'm go, You know, I'm with you though. All right. I, I'm going Suns no matter what, anyways. So it's fine. But anyways, <laughs> I too am waiting to post. I'm leaning. I'm probably going to go Bucks as long as they remain healthy. But if I pick that and then Giannis gets hurt again in this next game, I would like to retract that <laughs> and flip my pick. Oh, <laughs> uh, too funny. All right. So uh, we will be posting that for you guys uh, probably Saturday evening, Sunday morning. So be on the lookout that be on the lookout for that on social media. We'll have that on Twitter and Instagram for you to get your votes in, uh, as well as I believe the Facebook gets automatically posted. But I think that is going to be wrapping up the shot bets portion for this week. Um, 
I I am sitting at one shot owed. Brooks is sitting at one shot owed. Dustin is down to uh is that four? Four. Down to four, yeah. So uh anybody else out there wanting to pay off any shot bets, make sure you go ahead and take care of that now. Send us your video, post us, tag us, or if you need to send that to us privately, go ahead, it's fine. We're just trying to get some engagement with you guys. Have some fun, obviously, with the whole shot bet thing. That is going to wrap up the show. Uh, obviously, you know, a little bit shorter episodes these days just because there's a little bit less overall news to be talking about. But with the MLB discussion this week, we obviously had a little bit more to be covering. Um, so, uh, final shots for the week. Uh, let's let, let's see. Jillian, do you have anything prepared for this? Or are you just going to... He didn't prep me. Let me oh, go wow. Bad, bad, bad host. Bad host. All right, Dustin, what is your final shot for the week? What do you got? I saw you. I saw the notes. We had the single greatest American sporting event live on ESPN the other day with the single greatest athlete we've ever seen in our lifetime. And ESPN producers... Don't give Joey Chestnut his shine. They flubbed up the broadcast three different times in the last six minutes. We probably missed a good 20 hot dogs eaten, if not more than that. Joey Chestnut ate 76 hot dogs in 10 minutes, and we probably missed like three minutes of it. They only have to produce 10 minutes of a hot dog eating contest. And they messed up like three minutes of it. I was in my house screaming and yelling. I want somebody fired for this. This is a tra- American this is, travesty. This is this is a, this is becoming an American holiday, sir. All right, people put a time side uh, put aside time for this. This is the single greatest athlete we've ever seen in our lifetime. Statistically, I think so. Right? Uh, what what's his total championships? I think this is thir- fourteen. 14 and i think the next closest one is like 12 or 13 i mean he beat the dude the other night by 76 hot dogs i think or not 76 he ate 76. 26 oh. hot dogs okay 26. i was like there's no shot like, holy shit did nobody else eat with him <laughs> he was just by himself and then he started eating other people's shit why are they even there for real they literally interviewed two of the guys and the first guy his line goes well, I'm not eating 70 hot dogs. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. Oh, uh, uh, shit. A great American tradition. And Joey Chestnut is the man. Best athlete ever. All right. Well done with the final take there. Um, all right, Brooks, uh, I see your show notes. So you got a good one. And I know what you're going to be talking about. I actually kind of love this one. Final shot for the week. What do you got? Yeah, so one of my favorite shows on HBO that comes out, you know, football preseason, Hard Knocks announced that the Dallas Cowboys will be the featured team on this season of Hard Knocks. I'm not a a Cowboys fan, but for content, this is going to be Great. It's going to be very fun to talk about this. There's probably a lot to learn. There are some characters on the team like Dak and Zeke and uh, Amari Cooper and all of that. Kind of want to know what it's like inside those practices and everything so we can see the dysfunction up close and personal. You know, really get in there. Hard Knocks is always a great 
a great watch. Uh, I didn't watch it last season because it was too weird with all the COVID stuff. I just didn't really yeah. pay attention to it in two teams. But it's something I've always really looked forward to, and I think they picked probably the best team available to watch that's going to be for entertainment purposes, you know. So hard knocks. It is there. There is a curse with the Hard Knocks team. It, almost every year they end up playing like ass the very same same season. Why did they take the Cowboys? It ain't gonna matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're already gonna play like ass. Can't be a curse if you already play that way. You know? <laughs> or maybe it's gonna be like like a double curse, and then they just like start winning everything. Uh, well, so is there really a Hard Knocks curse? Because yes. all they Hard Knocks picks teams that are never good because if you make the playoffs you're disqualified from being in there if you have a new head coach you're disqualified from being in there so usually you're a team that didn't even make the playoffs already so you're not a great team and you probably didn't have a you know number one overall draft pick either to come in and help you out so i don't know it's uh it's it's just they're never like like okay 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 you know what i think it is it's like you know how there's the those fans that are every single year like no this is our year we're going to turn this around. This is our shot. And I think it's those the they pick those same teams that have that same same kind of fan base. So it's like Cowboys same type of fan base and they're going to be they're going to be on hard knocks and then they're going to be like once they have another weird shitty season where they go like what 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 is it uh now 9 and 8? Uh yeah, maybe 9 and 8. Um Nah. I, it took me a second because I, I keep forgetting it's no longer eight and eight Cowboys. They're 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 going to be nine and eight now. Uh, but they're going to have another one of those seasons, and maybe they'll make the playoffs with that. Maybe they won't. But like everybody's going to be like, oh, hard knocks curse. We would have gone. We would have definitely had twelve wins this year. <laughs> or it'll be like when the Browns were on hard knocks, and everybody realized Hugh Jackman was just a fucking terrible coach. <laughs> they're like, why is he the head coach? We're all going to be like that. Yeah, we're going to be like that with McCarthy. We're going to be like, wow, this guy sucks. Good point. We'll see if knows what he's doing. Yeah. Does my desk look like a football coach? Yeah. That's the one thing. It'll expose you. It'll expose you. So, I don't know. It's still great. It's great for us because it gives us some good content to talk about during the preseason each week uh, about it. And... You know, there's always some funny moments that come from each episode. You get to know some of the players who, you know, get cut and stuff like that. So, so, uh, good final take. Uh, uh, anytime I get to kind of throw some shade at the Cowboys, I'm always happy to do so. But uh, my final take for the week, obviously, you, this is usually my my time or my segment where I where I get to bring in a little bit of any kind of other sport to this to this podcast, since these guys do not want to take time to learn hockey or soccer or. Anything else? It's fine. It's fine. I've been a big supporter of your hockey. I'm a huge hockey girl. My team sucks this year, but I'm all for I, it. I got lucky. I got really lucky. My, one of my buddies just t- kind of said, "Hey, why don't you just pull for Montreal when they were they were losing their fucking asses?" And I was like, "Man, why not? Let's just make it my team." And I have been watching literally every game since, and here we are about to probably lose the Stanley Cup final. But whatever. Uh, either way. Um, so, uh, update on that. Montreal won the last game in overtime. Phenomenal win for them. Definitely psyched because the entire league apparently hates the Tampa Bay uh, Lightning. Don't know why. They're kind of douchey, but that's all I really kind of picked up from it. But Whoa. everybody 
Everybody hates Tampa Bay Lightning, and I don't get why, but, like, I've watched them play, and they do play kind of extra fucking dirty, but, like, I, I, I don't know much about hockey, so I can't really be like, yeah, that was a bad call. I'm the biggest Lightning fan ever. Say, say, I know why people hate Lightning, mm. because they had their best players sit all year, and then they got to bring them right back when the playoffs started that fully healthy and everything, Look and that's you. kind of bullshit. That was part of it. I listen. I listened to a podcast that are uh, Florida Panthers fans, and they were victims of that in the first series. So I gotta having dumb that, rules. That is actually yeah. part of it. I, I was. I wasn't gonna dive in that deep. Thank you, Brooks. You're welcome. It'd be like the Clippers resting Kawhi Leonard all season long, that's, that's and then getting crazy. him for the postseason. They, they it doesn't matter in the playoffs. And so you can just sign everybody and fill your salary cap. This injured guy doesn't count, and then you bring him in the playoffs. Yeah, I got no for setting that up bad. Yeah, I mean it was it was a shitty move, and so everybody's been wanting them to lose, but they've been fucking dominating everybody. Um, so right now, as it stands, Tampa Bay's winning one to zero. They they've been they've been applying a lot of pressure. You know, sixteen to shots to the twenty eight for Tampa Bay. Definitely kind of rough, but. Uh, hopefully Montreal can pull this off, get a tying goal here, and then in overtime they've been phenomenal all playoffs long. So maybe they'll pull us off. We'll find out. If you're listening to this on the podcast, you'll already know that I probably broke my keyboard. So, anyways, uh, second part that I do kind of want to bring up, and this is a little bit of a uh, little bit of history added to this one, uh, is going to be England moving on to the European Championship final. Uh, they beat Denmark today. They win in extra time, and England known for uh, basically creating the game of soccer itself, hasn't had a major win in a major final since 1966. So this is their first appearance even in uh, 50 years almost, 45 years. So they, they, obviously they have one of the best divisions in the entire, in, in the entire world with the, uh, with the um, English Premier League. All of the top players play there. And it's one of the most competitive as far as the championship goes and around it, it's world renowned Manchester United, Chelsea, Tottenham, literally all the top soccer clubs, all the top players, a lot of them play in the EPL. And so for the England to be on a almost 50 year dry spell as a, as a national team is insanity because they have such a good home base of players to pull from. So hats off to England beating Denmark. Denmark had a phenomenal run throughout the Euro championships and England is uh, beat them two to one, moving on into the finals. I, I forget who they're playing exactly. I think it is it. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. But anyways, big shout out to them. Definitely excited to see them. I've always liked to watch England soccer. I've always been a big fan of, of the English Premier League. So good to see them moving on. Um, all right. So Jillian, now you kind of uh, now you kind of uh, do you have any possibility for a final take? Or is, is we're just we're, we're just here for the ride and shots. My final take is props to you guys. I love this podcast. Uh-huh. I appreciate you having me on here. It's definitely a fun time. I'm excited to you know listen to you guys every single Friday when I'm on my way to work. So I appreciate you guys letting me come on. I'm excited. I'm hoping that Dustin brings some luck to the Cubs when we go to the game tomorrow. Uh, but I just appreciate you guys. I love it. Um, I wish you all the success. And, you know, tailgate talks is, you know, my light on Friday. So, props to you guys. Hey, cheers, cheers, cheers to, to that. that. Cheers to that. Clink. Yeah. Mm. We love our tailgate crashers. We do. And, and obviously, we, we absolutely appreciate you. You've been with us from day, day one on this one. So, definitely 
lot of love for you on that one. A real um, one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of, we got a couple other ones in the chat right now. Uh, Roger, you're definitely on, you're definitely on that list of OGs for us. So um, that's gonna wrap up the show. As far as our shot bet picks, um, we're gonna have to go back. I really don't remember all the names of the home run derby guys Very good. that well. But uh, our second shot bet is gonna be posted. Make sure you keep an eye on that on social medias. As far as being able to get your vote in for the game three of the Suns versus the Bucks. NBA Finals, and uh, as always, make sure to subscribe to this podcast, all right? I know some of y'all are out there, you're listening to us, and you're not subscribed to us. We do not appreciate it. You hear me? All right, but uh, if it is on iTunes, make sure you, uh, you subscribe, you you rate us, you give us that five-star rating, you drop a review below in the comments, and a good one, hopefully, but uh, honest one's fine, too. Uh, if it is on Spotify, just hit that follow button, so that way we are able to kind of use that towards our own stats later on as far as social media pages go uh, we are on twitter at tailgate underscore talks as well as instagram and facebook and youtube and if it is if you are checking us out on the youtube channel we have three videos a week where we post that make sure you subscribe hit the bell notification drop a comment below on your favorite video as far as our personal accounts dustin you can find him at dustin wimmer 22 there we go the double double uh, Brooks, you can find him at Calvin B. Barrett and me. You can find me at Blanca where the L is one. Jillian, what was yours again? J J Froman. What was it? J Foreman's. J Foreman's. All right. So you'll find her at J Foreman's. If you didn't like anything she said, make sure you write her on Twitter. All right. Nowhere else. Nowhere else. Let's keep this civil, but that is the only place you're allowed to hit her up. Uh, as far as any sort of, uh, opportunities, thoughts, questions, or anything you want to reach out to us, tailgate talks pod at gmail.com is our email. I think that is going to wrap up the show for us this week. Um, that's it. Uh, yeah, we're good. Any any other uh, input for the week, guys? Yeah, catch y'all at the next tailgate. Peace.